Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much, Miss Ava Flynn. And I join with those sentiments to all our listeners today. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And if you'd like me to give somebody a mention or wish them love or whatever this day, get in touch with me now. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and we'll give them a shout out and you a shout out during the show. That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to say something to somebody on LMFM's late lunch this afternoon. You're very very welcome to the show and we have a love theme running right through the afternoon and you know the way I love to give you bingo books as well so I might as well do that on Valentine's Day as well I love to give you bingo books anyway stand by for that one and I'll test your knowledge a little bit later and remember the jack the jackpot is 9,000 euro so you could win books and then win the jackpot wouldn't that be fantastic Anyway, let's begin the show today and uh, I'll context for you uh, what we're going to do Back four years ago, on this very day, on the 14th of February 2019, Danny McAvoy, once of this parish, yes, from LMFM, joined me in studio here in the show. And he joined me for a special reason, because his wife, Joan, became quite ill in 2017. And he told us the story of looking after her and how she was, etc. And it was so touching and so moving. It really, really was. Earlier today, I went along and I spoke to Danny again in his lovely home and we talked about Joan and more besides, but really it's a follow on from the story four years on. So today I began by asking Danny to take us back to 2017 when Joan became ill. The 11th of December 2017. Oh, the blues you left here on uh, Monday morning to go to... uh the Christmas dinner for these senior citizens. And uh, she went to the hairdressers, walked down, didn't feel well, and she walked to the bathroom or something. And one of the guys said, what's wrong with you? She said, I don't know. And that was the last word she ever spoke. She couldn't talk. She was paralysed on one side. She could communicate in other ways, and she understood you were there and what was going uh, uh, on around her. When nearly sure she was, Jerry. I, and if somebody came in strange to come into the place, we had all the children's photographs, or the grandchildren's photographs, and the ones she'd point to them, look at them on the wall, do you see? And then when I was hanging up the Christmas the Christmas cards, and she'd tell me, like, if we was put them there, the finger warm were in the hand, you know? And she had that look. She wouldn't have to say nothing, just look. <laughs> They looked after her in Sunhill so well, in I, Sunhill Nursing I, I Home. Ca- I could not do enough. To, I, I, can't, I can't say enough of them people. Nothing was too much. And you went there every day? Every day, yeah. Ten o'clock and I had to leave and come home. Go up then in the morning, put on a few bets in the bookies and have a little look around. And back down there for 11 o'clock. I used to come home first up and down the road for me dinner. And I said, sir, that should do it. 
the, the mates of the shop across the road got the dinner there and I had me dinner there and stayed there all day. One trip up and one trip down, you know. How long did you do that for? Uh, two years almost. And then COVID affected you? I was taken over here on the, the 4th of April, on Saturday morning. And it felt terrible. Denise phoned me at early in the morning, half six, seven o'clock, my daughter's in London, and she said, Dad, you don't sound too well. You're not doing the best. The ambulance people phoned me. She phoned the ambulance from London and told them the ambulance phoned me and they said, we're coming for you in 20 minutes. Get a few things together in your bag. Took me down to the Lord's, done all the tests, thrown me up into it, isolation rooms, done another test. Oh, you've tested negative. You're OK. We're putting you out into such a ward. But when they put me out into such a ward, I was getting worse and worse. And that's when the, the day that come in, uh, Tony and Denise, I think, I mean, I'm not sure which date it was, and they said, Dad, Mam is gone. And that's the first thing I knew about it. The, the hospital woke me up and got me near enough to talk to Denise and Tony. And they were left there for two minutes. And they were whisked off away. And I was taken from that ward there then in, back into isolation again for another four weeks. Whatever I had, they put it down as severe pneumonia. And then they sent me then to the Loud County Hospital for two more weeks, back into isolation, but got over it. And then they started to teach me how to walk and eat me a bit of dinner and brought me around the place and then got me eventually ready to come home in sometime in May. So you were in hospital all that length of time, yes. not COVID, but really, really ill. Oh, did, you, did you ever worry that you mightn't see the light of day or get, ever get out of the hospital? Jerry, I was getting that bad, I didn't care. That's the truth you can ask, Tony. I told him, the doctor, I don't want none of you jumping on me chest to bring me back. You're not to be resuscitating me or something, whatever it was, yeah? Terrible trying to breathe and look and all the cable around your needles. And When we were coming out, they were taking me in a wheelchair to go to the taxi to bring me to Dundalk. Two doctors met me coming and said, Cheerio to me going out, and they said, Well, Mr. Lazarus. I said, What do you mean, Mr. Lazarus? And they said, We never thought we'd see you walking out that door. It was onwards and upwards from that. I was lucky then it was a good summer. I sat out there in the front from May and June and into July. Well, we were all locked down and you couldn't do nothing else. Only sit there and got well. You got well, but going back to that time when your son and daughter arrived in for those couple of minutes when they were only let in for a couple yeah. of minutes to tell you that sadly with you in hospital fighting for your life yeah. your wife the lovely Joan yeah. passed away and I don't remember no, I don't remember nothing about it not a thing how it was I, I, mean, I think maybe she uh, she put it she might have sorted it that way I don't know the way they said things always worked themselves out I had no funerals, no nothing. And then some of the people said, well, you didn't get a chance to say... Well, I said goodbye to her every night when I was going to the hospital and that, you know. And uh, even there were children... Tony said to me last night, he says, uh, we just didn't get a chance to send Mam off in the in the way, yeah? They couldn't even advertise on the radio the journey that they were taking from the undertakers to the church or then to the cremation... They didn't want people gathered on the street. Tony said that somebody got a video. The street was packed anyway. Even without the funeral, we didn't have it. Still great memories, you know. And as you just, you, you have something on your programme there, give me something that deny your, your, your partner. But there was only one thing that up my way was, she never said no, only to me. She only ever said no to me. If you rang up and said, Joan, we want something, she, yes, I'm going now. She wouldn't say, I'll see what he's doing or what's happening. She was there. I'm saying to her, 
What about me? What about you? That's the truth, lads, yeah? But yeah. you love the ground she walked oh, on. couldn't say enough. I idolised the ground that she walked on. How long were you married? 60 years almost. From 1961 to 2020. It'd be 59 years, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long time. Oh. <laughs> Will you stop the lights? When you came to yourself and you recovered and you realised that she had passed away and you weren't part of, you know, the send-off for her. Yes. How did you feel? Well, I didn't know how I was going to feel because when they were sorting out a plan for me in the Lewis Hospital and I was never without somebody to look after me, i.e. my mother first and straight away then Joan straight away. So I always had somebody and then... Obviously, it was so different coming to this house oh, and Joan yeah. not here. Yeah. How did you get on? How did you cope with that? Don't know. I cannot tell you. Just sit there in the chair, moping. That's all I could do. To go to the doctor then and he gave me a couple of little relaxing tabs, a little relaxer to get at night, you know, and sleep on. And and they were a good help as well, the old doctor. Mm. And then Denise stayed here then till nearly the end of June because she was looking enough. She had a good job in a hospital in London, Chelsea. So her staying with you was a help oh, for right, yeah, a yeah. number of weeks oh, when you came yeah, home yeah. and not having Joan here. Yeah, yeah. I take it Joan did all the cooking, the shop and the washing. She taught me to do a little bit. I'm able to keep it going. Now, when I used to say, which was a great job, I didn't even have to think. I just had to get up and wash and shave and shower and off you go. You get an odd little instruction, yeah. And the bookie stockers was great for leaving little notes. <laughs> that, that's all you get, yeah. Or you might get a phone call to say, do this or that. Mm. Do you do for yourself now? Oh, yes. Every day. Cook every day. When you look at the house here, I'm here with you sitting in your lovely sitting room today and there's lots of memories and photographs oh, on the oh, wall. Yeah. Is the house as it was when Joan was here? The very same. There's not... A, I am changed. Never from the day she left to now. Nothing changed. Only just a bit of dust and keep it tidy. Is it on purpose that you leave it like this to yeah, what can I remember do? her? Oh, yeah, yeah. Her clothes is here, her shoes is here, her glasses is here. Everything is that she just left. Nothing is touched, nothing is gone. Her bedroom is there, the clothes are there. I still sleep in my little room and she is all rooting round the bottom. Yeah. So you left the main bedroom as it was the last time she yeah. would have slept there. That's it, the very same way. The very same, nothing's changed. And I did ask you earlier, where is she laid to rest? And Danny said, come on with me down to the bedroom. And she's there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Every night, going to bed, say night, night. You're up every morning. The first thing you do is walk to the bedroom, say good morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because her ashes are there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when I'm going out, I say cheerio and I'm back in. I said, Jacob, I tell her, but that was a bad or a rough kind of a day, you know. And it helps me along, Jerry. Maybe it's, it's idiotic or whatever you call it, but it's good. It keeps working. Danny, yeah. it's not. It's just lovely, Danny. Yeah, yeah so that's what you can do. I, say, I don't want to. I don't want to run the other way either. You know, I don't want to run the other way. Yeah. So you talk to her remains, her ashes yeah, yeah, there, oh, yeah. as if she's here yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Tell her now when you, Jerry Kelly, come to see me. He's gone, and she'll tell me there. Then I'll say, put on the radio and hear it on. Yeah. Oh, not a bother on yeah. You know, today is Valentine's Day and that's why we're here with you. And you're an example of someone whose love extends beyond the grave. Oh, yeah. I said, it was not, not, not sorry. Like, I don't know any, anything else, you know. 
That's the way, the only way, you know, we done this and we done that and we're still great all the time, yeah. You never think, you know, you talk about those younger years and when you're growing up and you have your children and life is busy, you, you never think about this time, do you, when they're gone? No, 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 not that wouldn't hit your head, whatever you do. Well, it was never, I suppose, in most houses, there's people used to come in there, people used to come in and say, oh, when he's gone, Joe, you know, when he's gone, Joan, so we'll do this and we'll do that. When he's gone, Joan, oh, when, when he's not sitting there, you'd be looking and saying, why is he not there? I miss him. And you never think it's, it's me to saying all that thing, that she's gone. Yeah. Did you think that she'd outlast you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, I thought so, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. And I'm sure she tired as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't a thing, there wasn't a thing wrong with She'd skip off down the road there and away, yeah. We never know, do we, Dan? Never know for one, but that's what they say. When you go out that door, you don't know if you're ever going to come back. And that's the truth. But one thing is sure that we know today on Late Lunch is that Danny McAvoy is still deeply in love on Valentine's Day oh, yeah. with Joan. Oh, yeah. No, no one else. Yes, proper order. Good honour, yeah. I just still have to send the cards to Denise and our daughter, Denise, and my granddaughter has to get a Valentine's card still, yeah. They won't let that away either, yeah. So you do that? Yes, they've done, they've done it this year, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're gone and they got them. And I got one back. I've got a Valentine's card back from me. My granddaughter and children. See, with this new, this card business in Ireland, there's a place in Ireland, what do they call it, is it Moon Peak or something? Am I allowed to say that? And they must phone up from England or send an email and it's here straight away. <laughs> yeah. So, after all these years, the lad himself, Danny McAvoy, <laughs> is still getting the Valentine's yeah, cards. Them, yeah, I have it out there, yeah. I have it out there, Jerry, yeah. So, I'll, show, I'll show you them out there and you'll see them on the table. The whole lot, all that it belongs to. And Valentine's cards, and you had to do all that. So on this day, still to the forefront of your thoughts, in your heart, in your mind, your late wife, the lovely Joan. Every day. Every day. Every day is Valentine's Day. I often sit there in the chair and I'd look over as if she's still sitting there. Oh, blessings to save us, Jerry. But we'll keep going. <laughs> We wouldn't want it any other way, yeah. We have to look it over there. And some of the people say to me that time when I survived that illness, that I was gone up there and she said, back down you go, I was it long enough. You're not coming up here to scorch me yet. So that was that. Danny, it's yeah. been a pleasure joining you here in your lovely home. And today we remember Joan fondly. And thank you for inviting me along here today. It's been a real pleasure. Can I ask you to play one song, if you will? Foreigner. I want to know what love is. Danny, for yeah. you and Joan, anything. Thank you so much. Happy, happy Valentine's That's Day. Same to you, my old Jerry. Same to you. Thank you very much. Now this mountain I must climb Feels like the world upon my shoulder Through the clouds I see love shine It keeps me warm as life
Foreigner, I want to know what love is. Danny McAvoy does, and his love transcends this life. Oh, Jerry, says listener, I'm sitting in my car here with the tears running down my face. God bless that man, Danny. What an unbelievable story. Another one there says, what a great friend Joan was to all senior citizens, Jerry. That comes in from Bridie today. Angela, such a lovely man, Danny. Lovely to hear him again. Really enjoyed them when he was on breakfast with Seamus and Christy. Another one there, so touching, Jerry. What a conversation. Oh my God, that man's love is unbelievable. And so on they go. Thank you indeed, because it is amazing. It is beyond this life, as I said, transcending it. And I thank Danny for opening his heart to us today again on Late Lunch. What is the secret of longevity when it comes to a partnership, a marriage, a long life together? Anne Gilsnid's on the line. Hi, Anne. Hello, Jerry. How are you? God Almighty, they didn't want you to talk to me about love at all today. <laughs> no, so you, di- <laughs> you disappeared there. Thanks for joining me on the show. How many years are you married, Anne? We'll be 42 years married on the 7th of March. And wh- what is your good husband's name? Christopher, or Kit. All right, so he has a nickname too. Where did you a nickname. Where did you meet him? We actually met in Beachmont um, in Navan. Where love stories begin, for sure. In 1978. Wow. And did he spot you or you spot him? Uh, he spotted me. Oh, very good. And asked you out for yeah. a dance, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And was it love at first sight? It was, Jerry. You paused a little there. Yes. <laughs> did, were you going out straight away when, you know, when the disco finished or that, did you, were you, were you night him quickly? What, because uh, he, we made a date for the Wednesday night. Right. And he came out on a motorbike. He left me home in the car, in the father's car. Right. And he came out on the motorbike. <laughs> And you were pillion going on the date, were I you? Was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was as quick as that. So a dance and it followed on from there. A date followed. And was that it? Were you together then and have been together ever since? Yes, we have, Jerry. yes. How long did you go out for? Uh, we were married in 81 and we met in 78. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice courtship and everything. Yeah. Where, where was the, the wedding? Where did you get married? Where was the reception? The reception was in the Headford Arms and Cows. Very good, beautiful place. Oh, you yeah. see, you hit all the landmarks, the beach mount yeah. and then the Headford for the wedding as well. That's right, yes, Jerry. <laughs> and have you children? We have three children. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. And what's their names? Well, Gareth, he's in Dublin. Yeah. Jennifer, she's in married and she's in Bally James Duff. Okay. And Noel is in Australia, married. Ah. Very good. And have you grandchildren? We have seven grandchildren. Good on you. God, you're an expanding yeah. family altogether. Yeah. <laughs> what about the guy in Australia? You're in touch regular? Oh, yes. We were over a good few times. He was home last July, so he was. Mm. Up, I mean, he was home in five years. Very good. Now, yeah. here's the thing, because everybody wants to know this. You know, today, a lot of relationships, sadly, don't last the course. They fall away, be it sooner or later. What's the secret? Yourself and Kit. Come on, tell me, Anne. Well, don't go to bed in a row. Never? Never went to bed in a row. <laughs> never. Now, we might have argued on the whole lot and everything, but we never went to bed in a row. And would that mean sitting up till the early hours to resolve matters? 
Uh, well, you see, the two of us was working, Jerry, so we had to go to bed early. So it was, it was. <laughs> so it had to be sorted. End of. Had to be sorted out, and that was it, Jerry. Yes. And are you a real believer in that? That you should never put the head down when there's a dispute going on. No. Yes. Definitely, real believer in it. Yeah. Right. So that's anything yeah. else. Anything else mm-hmm. that's key to keeping you together long term and. That well, he's a bit of a joker, so he is. Make so a woman laugh, make yes. a woman laugh, and you're halfway there. Is that the saying they say? Yes, yes. that's yes. Yeah. That's it, Jerry. Yeah. So, bit of bit of lightness in in it as well, and yeah. uh, never sleep on an argument. Yeah. And is the romance still burning strong today? Did you get something for Valentine's Day? Uh, no, he does. Well, sometimes he does, but he could go off to the shop and the night day, and he could bring me home a bar of chocolate. So it doesn't have to be on Valentine's Day. Good on you. So they're the little touches. You see that? It's not about the Hallmark Day at all. No. It's uh, every day or any day. Are you? Any that's day. a prize. That's, yes. Isn't that that's a nice way touch as well? I like yes, that. Sorry. I yes, really, sorry. really do, you know. <laughs> so so they're little tips, you know, little acts of kindness and thinking and thoughtfulness as well. Make yes, it all sorry. happen. <laughs> Make it all happen. Are you, do, you, do you love them as much today as you did ever? Of course I do, Jerry. More. Even more. More. Oh, <laughs> my, yeah. oh, my. Sure. The love is hopping out of the radios and off yeah. the phones all over the place today <laughs> <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> so uh, do you, do you, do you socialise much or, you know, or is that a thing? Do you go out for meals or is that part of you, of what you are? Or do you enjoy sitting in and cooking at home and your own company? Well, our own company and we go out for a meal every so often. So we do, yeah. Jerry. And, yeah. Good. You know, good. I call it. he might cook breakfast and add morning for me and come down and have it sitting in the kitchen. So that's all you want. Oh, Christopher, you are the man. He knows how to look after you for sure. <laughs> he pulls all the right strings for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well done to you and thank you so much. Happy Valentine's Day and thank you and for, you too, for giving us your little steers for everybody listening today to keep it fresh and happy. Thanks a million, Anne. Thanks a million, Jerry. Happy. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Anne Gilson in there uh, outside Kells talking to us about what keeps her love going. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on this Valentine's Day afternoon and love permeates Late Lunch from start to finish today. Now we hear an awful lot about online dating and it seems to be the way of the world now that most people meet online and we often talk about the dangers of it and you need to be careful. But for an awful lot of people it does work out and one of those is our very own Miss Helena Mullins who joins me. Hi Helena. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I am really good. Well, I am fascinated by your story that you met the love of your life. You're now husband online. Well, look, at take us back before you met him. Did you do the normal dating thing before you went online? You know, out and about meeting people. Well, I was in college in Galway and um, really enjoyed it. I actually I, I studied media, as you know, but it was through the Irish language. And I remember talking in first year in college and it was one of our conversational Irish classes. And I remember saying, well, I don't think it's a bad idea because we used to be going out into the pubs and, you know, like I find in a country place, we were in the, we were in a Gaeltock area and like we nearly were intimidating. And I don't mean that in any 
like I don't know what way but what I mean is like if we were in a real country pub they'd be saying who the hell are these here walking in yes. <laughs> they own the place but we were just exuberant uh, college goers and we were learning the language and we were studying through Irish and we loved it and I just remember saying in the English in the Irish speaking class you know I think it's a great idea meeting online I think um, it's definitely the way forward because it's very hard to maybe get the confidence to actually talk to a person if you've never met them before or even like the social setting sometimes don't allow for people to mix well mm. as in you could be in like a male dominated world but you or else a female dominated world and you might not get the opportunity to cross at all even schools are segregated like that there's a female and male separated so it's very hard to maybe even be used to talking to boys yes. um, I was in a mixed school so I was very grateful for that but I did notice that from some friends who went to all girls schools Mm. So I kind of, you know, dated a bit and whatnot, but I never really stuck with anybody. And um, I feel that when I came back to Dundalk, I didn't really, I felt that just the dating scene was different. Mm. And I said, I'm going to try this online thing. And I was only on it for the summer, I suppose. And um, I had a, I actually felt like I was in a virtual relationship. I was talking to this guy for about a month online and it didn't work out to meet up. And I really actually used to get butterflies when he used to text. And I was like, oh my God. This actually feels weird. <laughs> so I said, I am not meeting this man because he is going to literally not be in, like, he was like, it was like a Sims character in my brain. <laughs> and I was like, in love with him. Yes, okay. And I, I said, I'm not meeting him. So, no, I just I just went to the next. So you, you, you actually virtually hooked up with this guy for a month and it was a month. intense. And I was just like, oh, like, how are you? Like, just even like, you know, just, we were just general banter, chit-chat, back yeah. and forth. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually in a relationship. And the first time I see him, I'm going to be like, I love you. <laughs> so I said, I better steer clear for fear of sounding really pathetic. So I moved on to the next one. And then I had three different dates lined up. Okay. And, 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 and just, just clarify, this is on Tinder, is it? Just to get the platform. This is on Tinder. This is on Tinder. Is okay, on Tinder. go on. Three dates. So, um, Three dates lined up, one with a Croatian guy from Dublin, and then, well, he was living in Dublin, and then one with a guy who kind of went through a really bad breakup, and I kind of was like, okay, I might go out on a date with him because I really need to have a chat with him and make sure he's doing okay. And the other was Declan, who was in a long-term relationship and then broke up or whatever. And so he was my first date, and I just cancelled the rest because I kind of just <gasps> enjoyed the first date. And I said, you know, and I was really nice because obviously, you know, you put yourself out there and you can be quite vulnerable. And that, yeah. like... I made sure to be very respectful of the other people I had a date lined up with, especially the guy who just was in a long-term relationship and it broke up badly. I said, look, I'm after meeting this other guy and thanks so much for, you know, yeah. asking me out, but, you know, I'll, I'm going to see where this leads me and I wish you the very best because okay. I do think it's quite vulnerable to put yourself out there and a lot of people are on for different reasons. Some people are on for hookups and whatnot and I did, like, generally, you get some chat lines that are just... You know, if you don't, if you're not into that, you can just breeze through them and just ignore those sort of things if yes. that's not what you're into. So I met Declan, and my first date, I went to Dublin, and uh, and I missed my bus home after a nice dinner date, and I was like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. So I'm in Dublin, and I had met my friend in the bus on the way there, and she was like, oh, ring me if you're stuck around, and like I'm staying with my boyfriend. And she never answered that phone. <laughs> you were looking for it, were you? Yeah, you were looking for it. And she didn't answer. Well, that's the louser. But look at these things happen. But, I understand. But he, you know, he actually dropped me the whole way home to Dundalk. Oh, Declan. And I thought that was so sweet. And my mum and dad were literally like so chuffed. They were like, oh, who is this guy? That sounds very, very nice and polite. 
And uh, then it went to a second and third date. Like, we didn't even kiss until the third date. And it was just so nice. And he was such a nice guy. And now we're married since the last I was talking to you, Jerry, in LMFM. And we have a beautiful baby boy named Harvey. So, you know, and my cousin as well is married with two kids. She's from Cork. uh, And she met on Tinder. But there's millions of users online. And I did look up some facts for you. But there's... It was 57 million users in the mo- for monthly active users back in 2017. And now there's over 75 million users today on Tinder. And that's Plenty of Fish is also another really, really good site if you kind of want to put a bit more detail in. Um, because I find Tinder is kind of like window shopping in a way. And I think it's better to kind of tell a little bit of a story with a picture. Don't be putting up a picture with a, you with your shirt off and a, and a few cans with the lads type thing if you're really looking for somebody in a relationship a nice relationship yeah but like you know a bit of carrot like you know if you have some friends if you have a dog or pets animals that you like or um just even to show a bit of character a sense of style um a sense of um a sense of something about yourself like Mm. you know your hobbies or interests and i think that's really good because that's generally what i looked for when i was looking online i wasn't looking for the shirtless model who was literally only looking for a hookup. I was looking for somebody like Declan, who I found, and I saw that he travelled in his photograph. So we, you know, and he sparked up the conversation with a compliment. Most of them are just like, hey, what are you at? Or, you know. Yeah. You're, and then they also say how many kilometres away you are. So they might be like, um, you're five kilometres away. How much is it a taxi to my house? And I'm like, Whoa. I'm, not, I'm not even replying to this. No. It's just comical times. Like, like you'd be like, why? Why would you even say that? Yeah, so <laughs> there's, there, there are, the weirdo brigade are there and uh, you got to really uh, rise yeah. above that. You, you know, that you is... If you, yeah. Exactly. And it's also very, very important to meet in a public place and to go somewhere where maybe your friends know where you are. Yeah. And because obviously there are dangers out there. Like, you, there's no point in going to, like a back alley pub or, you know, or to their house first date. You need to get to know somebody and mm. that's the vulnerability of women out there. They think they might be, you might have, and always be in control of yourself. Like if you're going to have a few drinks, make sure you don't go overboard and then be not in control of yes. yourself because anything can happen and you just have to protect yourself. Mm. But I was very lucky, even with the fact that I missed my bus home, I did get into a car with Declan. I know I shouldn't have, but <laughs> he was not um, in any way, um, threatening as such and I know that you should never do that so that's a bad example I'm a bad example to say that I got into the car and he drove me an hour out of his way to get me home but it was fine and it worked out fine in the end but well you um, see he made his intentions clear you were confident in him and look it's all worked out well in the end I'm curious about a couple of things when you went to O'Connell Street did you have an appointed place where you met you know was it outside the building or where famous place where everyone meets on O'Connell Street, isn't it? By the clock or something? By the clock is right. Yes, 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 yes. So you yeah, met him there so and you saw him. You like Obviously, with being in contact online and seeing photos, you knew him as well. He, he knew you. I didn't was, really. I didn't really. That's oh, the funny part. I literally, oh. he was there st- standing with his foot against, you know, like leaning against the wall. I was like, are you Declan? <laughs> it was so strange. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was kind of nice as well. I was like, yeah. this is literally like a blind date. I felt like I was on 
on Still a Black show, I was like, <laughs> yes, let's do this. <laughs> well, what a surprise, surprise you got for sure. Anyway, your parents liked him, you liked him, and on it went from there. Isn't that amazing, you know, that you yeah. you, t- you said to the other two dates? No, you know what I'm curious about? What about the fella you were virtually in love with for a month? Do you ever think what happened to him or where he to went? Be honest, to be honest, Terry, I can't even remember his name. That's very bad of me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I was loving all the love on the show so far the, the great relationship is vice as well from from Danny and Anne I just think like you know and don't go to bed for yeah. after having a row or all these things like you know relationships they take work and I think that sometimes people forget that like and I remember having my first row with Declan I was like oh this isn't going to work out oh no oh no you can't have rows like I didn't understand that because I wasn't really in serious relationships before Declan or I kind of mm. felt like it had to be roses in the garden all the time and you know like a, a rush of love and romantic romantic moments but it, it's life it's real life like you have hard times you, fight, you you might row at each other and you might have disagreements and arguments yes. but it's important to settle those and actually talk them through and compromise see each, other, see each other's point of view and we have grown so much together as a couple and we have he teaches me about different interests. Like he has a huge passion for music and started to learn the piano in the last few years and actually told me about, well, he moved to Dundalk to be living with me and he told he made me aware of the Dundalk School of Music, for example. And now I do singing lessons there and he does his grades in his piano. He's on grade six already. He started in his 30s to play the piano. And it's really nice that I always wanted to be a musical family and have my child grow up in a musical environment and now like I'm playing the guitar and singing and he's doing the piano it's just all really nice things that we kind of like encourage each other to to learn and get out of our comfort zone and he also is a lot more quiet than I am and <laughs> well so you I, see Helena I'm a bit of a chatterbox uh, so. you, you are a little but you see that's you <laughs> and and that's yeah. him and that's the yin and the yang it works it does indeed. And, and like, it's it's nice. Like, he gets me used to my quiet company. And usually I'm like, I always need, I crave people and, and um, interaction all the time. And actually, quiet time is very important too. When you're so ch- supercharged with energy and mm. with other people, I think it's nice to actually take that moment. And Declan's like, like I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Like, why, why are you sitting there quiet? Like, <laughs> tell me a story. Tell me a story. And then he's like, Helena, just, just enjoy the dinner. Like, like he's a man of simple simple needs and he's just a nice person and I just um like he's he's a good homemaker at home and I think that you know like stereotypically like I do the bins and he does the washing it's fabulous it's a match made in heaven well my god hearts are breaking out here this afternoon and they're on googling you and to try and see who you are and who he is too but here's another thing just before we finish up I wanted to mention and Louise was just telling me and uh Today, uh, you've had uh, a real moment of romance because you have Ukrainian people who fled the war staying with you. We spoke to you back when they arrived and Mm -hmm. them as well. But something really romantic happened today. Tell the listeners what happened to one of them. Well, a a guy came in after delivering uh, a beautiful bunch of flowers. I said, oh, sure, Declan, isn't he great? And I said... (laughs) Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> when I saw the letter, uh, one of our lovely guests here, um, her, her husband is over fighting in the war and she's here with her beautiful uh, one and a half year old daughter mm. who is best friends with my little boy Harvey but a beautiful bunch of flowers and a lovely teddy saying I love you and he just said like I miss you and you know I miss you every day and it's just so sad mm. like and she's here with her beautiful baby daughter and it's sad that that's how their relationship is at the moment yes. and she's on FaceTime with him all the time and sometimes we'd have like a gathering here and she'd be on fa- he'd be on FaceTime he'd be there with us virtually so thank God for phones and the connection that we can mm. have Mm. be it you know and then miles apart and him fighting the war for Ukraine it? it's terrible that he's yeah. not able to come over but it was a beautiful moment and she was really emotional there I'm we were sure. hugging in the reception and yes. it's, it's, it is it's heartbreaking when you think of it like their mm. lives are turned upside down in a minute like she doesn't want to be here mm. she wants to be in the Ukraine she wants to be living in a, in a safe environment for her child and it was lovely. The bunch of flowers were beautiful. And yeah, it was nice. It what was a lovely, lovely thought. Love. Love is in the air. Yes, yeah. all over today. <laughs> anyway, anything planned for uh, yourself and Declan for today? Or did you get flowers yourself or a card or what? Well, he bought me his favourite chocolates. He works as a manager at Marks and Spencer's on this beautiful Swiss love heart chocolates that he gets me nearly every year. It's now tradition. So that and a nice card. just Lovely. You know, just a nice reminder. And I just got him a card as well. And I'd say we just might do a little bit of a home-cooked meal at the weekend Good together and enjoy each other's company. Uh, kind listen, of a, yeah. You won't great. be going out for a romantic meal or anything. But <laughs> now listen, you have a little guy to look after. You have lots of other calls <laughs> on you as well. It's whatever you do and it's those little touches that really, really count. Thank you so much yeah. for telling us your story and good on Tinder. Ah, good on you. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Helena Mullins there, who met Declan on Tinder. And look at the way it all worked out. Married now with a little boy. There you go. It does work. And in many cases, it's certainly the way people have met and have uh, set off on their long love lives together. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd better be number one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday.
Yes, and it had to be a romantic classic on Valentine's Day, Tuesday indeed. It had to be. 1996, I'm going back to a song that sold 10 million copies worldwide. It was number one in the United States of America for 11 weeks. But would you believe it? It only made number two in the UK for one week in December 1996. Your Valentine's two on Tuesday, Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton. Oh, beautiful song. Two on Tuesday, this Valentine's Day, on your late lunch. 11 million copies worldwide sold. 11 weeks at number one in the USA. Well, what a song, but can only make number two on the UK top 100. So what kept it off top spot? Well, when I tell you, it was a song that was released back in 1973. The soundtrack from the movie Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid written by Mr. Bob Dylan, but not Dylan's version because it was 96 after all. And this was unusual in that Dylan gave permission which was absolutely unbelievable that he did, but he did to allow this song be re-recorded with a specific purpose. Do you remember the Dunblane School Massacre? Yes. Well, Ted Christopher, a Scottish musician, wrote a new verse for Knocking on Heaven's Door and it was re-released and it went naturally to number one in the charts, keeping our two off the top spot. And here we remind ourselves of the number one and remember Dunblane. Take this badge off me I can't use it anymore It's been too dark, too dark to see Felt like knocking on heaven's door Yes, the song that uh, kept two on Tuesday from Tony Braxton off Top Spot, remembering all those children who were massacred in Dunblane. I just saw all the names again today when I was looking at the song and the teacher who lost their life. And the lyrics of the song, never again, well, my God, never again. Only in the States yesterday at another college, another mass shooting. Louise, one or two for you, the number one, the number two. What do you think? Number one was for a good cause, but 
Tony Braxton gets it for me. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. lovely song. Real romantic song on this Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I can't believe sure. I went for a romantic song. Yeah, yeah. Unusual for you. <laughs> very, very unusual. There's a first on late lunch for sure. Anyway, it's uh, Braxton for me as well. But the other song, Touching and So uh, Timely as well in the context of Dunblane. The love theme continues on late lunch after the break when we have a chat with a man who found love after an acquired brain injury. 26 in November 1989 Philip Quinlan he was 15 at the time he was playing for Park Villa in a soccer game against Torrey United in Kilberry clash of heads and an acquired brain injury followed that took him a long time to recover from but glad to say he did and he made his way in life he's married now he has children and he joins me on late lunch on Valentine's Day hello again Philip how are you, Jerry? You well? I'm really well. Thanks uh, for being with us on this special day. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Now, you know, when you went through what you did, you know, you're in a coma. You were taken care of intensely for a number of weeks. You had to go to the rehab in Dunleary and make your way in life again. Was love or getting married or women on your mind when you, when you made it back? Well, I suppose before that, when I came home from Zambia as an eight-year-old, I I wasn't really bothered with girls because as an eight-year-old, you just want to be faster and higher and mm. everything. But then when I got injured, it sort of put pay to all that. Uh, just before my injury, I started seeing a lovely Finnish girl, Hannah. And uh, she was over. Her father was working in tire mines. I think he, uh, he was one of the big bosses there. And she was probably my first introduction to to women, uh, I'll be the, a lovely blonde, blue-eyed Finnish girl, mm. and uh, I just I remember the the year before I got injured, I I ended up meeting her outside the Mercy every evening, afternoon, and chatting away to her, and I suppose doing the, the teenage things of holding hands and trying to make sure nobody saw you. Yeah. And then when I got injured, it. Everything took a back seat, yes. including including girls and women, because as all my peers were going to discos, I was learning how to walk again. Yeah. So that was my first, and then I, I thought to myself, well, a woman is not going to really want me because I'm I walk with a limp, I, I I speak in a whisper, and I've just so I just I concentrated on myself for a few years, and uh, I just. I read an awful lot. I, I wrote a little bit. And uh, then, I suppose, my first proper girlfriend was a French girl, a beautiful French girl who was in Navan studying English. And as you know, Navan's the place to come to if you want to learn English mm. in, a, in a beautiful accent. <laughs> Lovely. So, uh, so I gave her a few little hints and tips, and she improved my French, which I was going to be sitting the leaving cert the following year. And... Uh, it was it was all magical. Yeah. Um to to be to be wanted again I suppose because of my, my decrepit body. Um because the, the the local girls distanced themselves a little bit from me uh, until they learned I was a good minder at discos. Mm. Not minder in the conventional sense, now I was good at minding their handbags while they went onto the dance floor to dance. <laughs> so uh, that was what I was that was what I was peppered as for for a couple of years, that suited me. It got me back into, got me back into life, I suppose. Yeah. And and socialisation, and uh, suddenly they began to trust me, and they treated me more like a, a man than a, a disabled man. 
And uh, I suppose next thing was I, I went over to the States to work in a special needs summer camp and all the camp counsellors, like myself, were foreigners. Mm. And it was just, it was it was incredible to be outside of my, my bubble where I was being minded for, for years by mum and dad and sisters and brothers and, and all my friends. And I had to strike out on my own. Mm. I knew nobody and soon they all knew me. Yes. Which was, which was really, really... Uh, satisfying, I suppose, that I could I could do something on my own, and then I just through all the contacts I made there, I travelled, and uh, I kept in touch with a lot of the girls, and that was that was absolutely amazing, because I got to travel. That was my drug of choice at the time, and uh, I, there was always a couch available for me whenever I just arrived on their doorstep, sometimes surprising them. Mm. Um, and I suppose then I suppose came home and started working in Navin and then in Dublin and I suppose I went off my radar for a while uh, until I went to Kildare Town I was working in Kildare Town for a few years and uh, living in Newbridge in a, a best friend's apartment and suddenly the neighbours started to take an interest and there was a, a local girl from the Curra who was really really nice and then when she moved out uh, a girl from the States moved in and that proved I suppose my, my fondness for foreigners again <laughs> I was just saying that Finland French you were in the USA Australia and you're back to the States yet. good man Philip well I've always had an admiration for, for women for intelligent women and beautiful women and uh, I just I love their company and I suppose they love me because I, I'm suddenly I'm not a threat to them mm. and uh, I suppose they they offload on me an awful lot, which is which was, you know, an avenue for me to to look at back in the day. I thought about becoming a counsellor, I thought about becoming a few different things where a listening year was, was necessary. Mm. Uh, and I suppose then what happened next? Um This house, this house with your brother wasn't where there was lodgers. What happened? Was that the was that the big move? That was the biggest move of my career so far. Right. Um I I bought a house with my brother uh, back in 2006 off the plans and uh, he was, I suppose, a party animal and I wasn't. So I was living in Newbridge at the time and he got the lodgers in. He said he'd mind the house and he'd look after everything. And uh, I suppose one morning I got a phone call from one of the lodgers. She told me the boiler was broken. So I got it fixed straight away. And I suppose we kept in touch. Uh, she was fond of the same things I was fond of, sport and uh, the same sort of morals as I had. And then I got a job in 2007 working in St Mary's Special School in Navan. And I, I loved that. I moved into my own house. And uh, next thing was we had to throw my brother out. So that's just the way it works. He's in Hong Kong now doing very well for himself. <laughs> um, so you got rid of the brother? Family loyalty, huh? <laughs> and, but he's uh, doing well. He's doing well in Hong Kong. That's okay. That's all right. He's, yeah. he's married now with a kid and young, young Paddy is doing very well. So he's lots of sleepless nights there. So different from the sleepless nights he had when he was in the house years ago. <laughs> so it swings and roundabouts. Yeah. yeah. It's just incredible, I suppose. Mm. Um, so he, he was gone, but tell this woman, this woman that you got the boiler fixed for, Helena. The bunny boiler, yeah. <laughs> Um, am I allowed to say that? Sorry. I don't know what they are. When you go home this evening, you'll know. Oh, yeah. 
But no, no, oh, it was very, very good. Uh, it, everything was just seamless with Helena. She was mad into the sport. Mm. Um, she's total opposite to me. She's very, very shy. So she's not looking forward to this book coming out and bringing a lot of attention on us all. So, uh, but she she moved in, did she? She went into that house, or was that the house where she was staying when you hooked up the pair of you? That's the house that she was staying in. Okay, my, my house, your house, brother gone, Helena yeah. there, you and her, and the rest is history. Well, I suppose you can forget your Tinder. Daft.ie <laughs> is probably the better way of looking for a, a wife. <laughs> Um, God, I never but, thought of that. Now, there's a new one for me, daft. Buy, buy a house and get a wife. <laughs> um, and uh, where's Helena from? Helena's from Oldcastle. So okay, I, right. I got, I got flowers delivered this morning from the flower shop in Oldcastle. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, she was blown away by them. I had to sit at stake ready to go now when we get home. Ah, lovely. And, uh, no, no, she, she doesn't really do Valentine's, so I'm expecting nothing. Um... And no, everything's just seamless, Jerry. You know. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a great story? So there you are. The larger became the wife when you ejected the brother, and <laughs> you have two <laughs> lovely children now, uh, Eileen and Joe as well. And all's good in Philip Quinlan's world. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, just uh, everything's going very well. Um, a few roller coaster pains, but sure, they come and go. They do. So it's just taking the, the good when it, when it arrives and suffering the bad when when that's you know, wears its ugly head. Mm. So after travelling the world and enjoying the Finns, the French, the Yanks, the Aussies and everything, you settle for an old castle woman. Yeah, strangely, ironically enough, that's just the way life works, I suppose. That's it, that's it. That's We never know what the path it takes ahead of us. So for you, when you reflect on that time when you were playing the football, you had the injury, the recovery, as you said, uh, women went off the agenda for a while with you and that. By God, when you reflect on where you are today, it's a marvellous story. And you are committing it to print because there is a book. When is the book coming out? The book is out on the 20th of March and I'm launching in Easton's in Navan on the 22nd of March at half six. So everyone is welcome, yourself and Louise and everybody else is very, very welcome because you're a great help along the way. Not at all. You're so welcome. And is there a title? And a bang on the ear. Ah, I really like that. It's, it's a song from the Waterboys. Yeah. So I was just we we a couple we mulled over a lot of different titles, Jerry. Yeah. And uh, and another one from the Waterboys was was the title for a while, but the editor didn't like that because as anybody here seen Hank didn't really ring true. But uh, no, no, all is all is good. I'm looking forward to the launch now. Um, I've Paul Howard coming to as guest speaker and a few other celebrities as well are promised so uh, hopefully all goes well now and we get a few sales in Ah you will listen you have uh, a lot more to say than the few words we have here as well the book uh, is your life story and what a wonderful inspiring story it is so there you are it just shows you no matter what in life uh, springs up and surprises you and takes you in a different direction love is always a prospect for everybody, Philip. I suppose it's like Google Maps. You end up going every other way, but you end up in the same place at the end of the day. (laughs) I wonder who that one is on the Google Maps that keeps talking to me. I'm dying to find that out, but that's a a question for another day. Anyway, A Bang in the Ear is being launched on the 22nd, and all welcome, and it's going to be a fantastic story, inspirational, and a wonderful read. 
thank you on Valentine's Day for joining me. Glad you did the Valentine thing and enjoy your meal together this evening. And I know you're, is your son in the carriage there, Joe? Yeah. No, he's coming running now. He, is he? He's seeing me, so he's coming running now. Ah, oh, good man. Good man yeah. yourself. Well, listen, Philip, delighted to catch up with you again on this special day and another thank angle you, on the love story on Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks, me, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Isn't he fantastic? He really is a great guy. What that man came through and now is very happily married with two children. By God, he's an international man when it comes to the women, Philip Gwendolyn, isn't he? He is indeed. God, he was all around the world for sure. Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes from the movie Dirty Dancing. The time of my life. And Peter Moore tells me he's had the time of his life in love too. Hi, Peter. Good man, Jerry. How are things? Not so bad in yourself. Uh, well, so look, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I listen to you every day, Jerry, and you keep a smile on me face. So you do. Ah, thanks so much. And you're putting, you're putting a smile on our faces as well uh, this afternoon. Yeah. Anyway, I Peter. I sent you, Jerry. Yeah, yeah you, sent, you sent a message in because, you know, earlier on, Anne, Anne Gilson, we had the, the woman's point of view of what is the secret of long life together yeah. in a marriage or a partnership. So we had to get the... The male perspective. Peter, how long are you married? I'm 25 years married next month, Jerry. Good on you. Happy. I four years ago with, with my wife, Michelle, beforehand. Right. So you're and nearly I 40. Her, I, I used to work with a father and uh, I had me iron her then, you know yourself. <laughs> Good <And> man, Peter. <laughs> but listen, I, I was supposed to go to a Debs ball with her in the Gresham Hotel in 1984. Okay. And I got the chicken pox the week beforehand. Oh, no. And you won't believe this, I'm a twin. My brother then brought her sister to the Devil's Ball instead of us. And <laughs> that was a nice start, wasn't it? Keep it, keep it in the family. You so, <laughs> weren't missing that Devil's anyway. Actually, you actually know my brother, he fishes with you, Charlie. Ah, oh, Charlie, name. I know Charlie as well. Yeah. So anyway, then, then we went the following year, and, and that was it after that. We went to a disco in our cat hall. And Frank Godfrey was the DJ. Franklin and Deed he used to he used to go by yes. then. Many, many years ago and, and that was it. And it was a love of foresight. And we get on the same now as we did then. And the reason is, Jerry, and I'm telling you the truth, was always to be honest. Yeah. Talk about whatever comes to our door. Mm. Take every hurdle as it comes. You know what I mean? Yes. And and uh and and that was that was it. Never That's go to bed. I was listening to your listeners, and they're all telling the truth. Never go to bed in a row. Never leave the house in a row because you don't know the day or hour that you might go and not come back. And that would be true. Terrible thing to happen. Like you don't mean to leave mm. in a row. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The way things are. Yes. So um, as I said to you, that's the way it was. I've I've four kids, two girls, uh, Louise and Leanne, and I've two sons, Roy and Owen. They're at home. They never leave because they're killed with kindness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I have three grandkids at the moment, two boys, Danny, Dara, and uh, Kayla's the daughter, and I've one on the way in three weeks' time. Oh, love daughter. Do you know what I get? And I get it from you. I can, I can picture it. I just get a man who's very happy and content yeah. and loves his life and his family and his oh, wife. That's you, is isn't it? Yeah. Life is short, Jerry. Mm. When people heard me, Peter Moore was coming on the phone from Mary Cat and said, oh, James, he'll never get rid of this fella. Because I, I love having a chat because I, de- I deal with people. <sighs> I drive a bus for Murray's coaches down the league. 
I'm dealing with people the whole time, and so I see loads of goodness. I see loads of badness too, by the way. Mm. But I love having the chat with people, and I always have a smile. Every live every day like it's your last one, because someday it will be. Mm. And that is true. And you know, we take each day for granted, and we're running and racing, and with like yeah. that, it can be over. You're so right. You you have it. You know what? The Moors have it sussed out. Charlie's the same. You all have it yeah. sussed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I believe, Jerry. actually, I, I come from Princeton in Arcad. I believe you've relations out there, is that right? That's right. My father's uh, late brother, my late father's uh, brother, Mick Kelly. Uh, yeah, I know that. Well, I live across the road from Mick Kelly, and Mick, I'm on the, on the Welsh side, which was Molly's side, your auntie's, yes. your auntie Molly's yes. side. That's the side I'm on. And that's, I didn't know that until my brother told me that this morning. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, yeah, I was telling him one time about that, the connection there as well. It's a yes, small world, right, isn't yeah. it? It is a small world, for sure. Small world. Anyway, sure. uh, as Louise is after whispering in me here, she says, that would be a great man to go for a pint with. And I said, there's no I doubt about that. I tell you one, <laughs> that's for sure. And anybody that knows me around the air, cat there, Bennett's Pope and Dolly's, tell you the same <laughs> it might cost you a few quid but Jerry it'll be well worth it it'll be euros well spent I have to say <laughs> Peter there's no yeah, doubt about no, that yeah, anyway yeah. listen lovely to talk what's your wife's name my wife's name is Michelle and she's a pure saint and Michelle. I mean that Michelle, uh, happy Valentine's. And, uh, and as I said in my text, <laughs> jo- jokingly, I always get the last say in my house, and it's yes, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, great to talk to you on this day, Peter. God bless you. Thanks for joining me. Take care, Jerry. Thanks Take care, yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Peter Moore there. Isn't that a tonic on St. Valentine's Day? It certainly is. On Valentine's Day, let's do this. Five, four, three, two, Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... My personal number four favourite love song of all time for you today. Yes, I'm picking them this week. I'm indulging myself because it is the week of love. And my song today, well, it comes from a movie. When I tell you that Julia Roberts starred as Vivian Ward and Richard Gere... Edward Lewis, well, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, it's the movie Pretty Woman, 1990. And this song from it, when either or realised that they were in love with each other. Let's have it. My number four on Valentine's Day, Tuesday. Brought to you by the wonderful Lauren Wood, also known as Chunky. God, I never knew that. Anyway... What a voice she has. Here it is. One of my favourites. My top five love songs at number four. It's Fallen. I can't believe your dream coming true. I can't believe how I have fallen for you. Happy Valentine's Day to one and all. Fallen, Lauren Wood from the movie Pretty Woman. My number four in my top five love song countdown for this very special week of love on Late Lunch. I love that song. I love the movie, I have to say, as well. Fantastic movie. It really, really is. But uh, really touching song there from Lauren Wood and a big, big hit too. And I'll bring you my three, two, one up to Friday here on the show round about this time. 
We were watching the main RTE news last evening and a familiar face uh, appeared on the screen, Bishop Dennis Nulty. Many people will remember Dennis from St Mary's Parish in Drogheda, a wonderful, wonderful man. And he was at the Carmelite Church in Whitefriars Street in Dublin, where the shrine and relics of St Valentine are. And there was a couple there from County Mead, from Navin in particular, Bridget and Jared McQuaid, and they join me now on Late Lunch. Jared is uh, with me first. Hello, Jared. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good. This devotion you have to the saint began when? Back in the 80s? Oh, yeah, back in the early 80s. Um, yeah, we, we, we used to uh, go to social dancing up in Ratmoyans, Milltown, first of all, where we met and then Ratmoyans. And Bridget lived in the north side, they lived in the south side in Dublin, actually, at the time. And um, we used to meet in town, and then we'd walk up that way past White First Street, and then we'd pop in to say a prayer. And then we knew about the, the relics of St. Valentine being there, so there was no Venus to St. Valentine. And, you know, we started praying at that time for our relationship for other couples that were married, you know, within our families and that. Mm. That was kind of how it started, really. And you've been consistently attending at the shrine on the day, you know what I mean, at this time, around the feast day, yes? Yeah, we will go up, but it wouldn't be always on St. Valentine's yes. Day, but, but around that time. I, I suppose, really, um, we... we uh, we went up, like, we we knew there was a mass going to happen yesterday, and we heard through a card and that there would be an opportunity for people to renew their vows, <coughs> their marriage vows, and um, we were free to go up, so we went up, obviously, just sort of said plans, like, we didn't get a chance to do that for our 40th wedding anniversary, and we just said it'd be nice to do it. Yes. And that was all. We didn't anticipate anything else, or what happened afterwards, you know, but, um, yeah, it is what it is, you know. But, mm. you know, like, St. Valentine, like, the thing about it was, the interesting thing about the story was that he was martyred because he married people, you know. Mm. Uh, the emperor wasn't happy about it because he didn't want, uh, he wanted all the single men, he didn't want them to get married because the boys would distract them, and he wanted them for a battle, you know. So it was an mm. interesting sort of story, but, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, we consistently pray to St. Valentine, especially for, for married couples. Mm, you might be in um, trouble today as well with the way things are going. You might be in trouble if people forget things. Yeah, yeah true. But, but you have this faith. You really do have this deep faith and you believe that the saint has helped you through your 40 years. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been very blessed, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's just acknowledgement of that. Like, obviously, there's loads of people who are married as long and longer than us who are happy in their marriage and mm. things are going bad. And, like, everybody, life is life, you know, so there's always things thrown at people throughout the years, whether it be finance or bereavement or sickness or whatever it might be, if all those things are compendial. But we've just been very lucky and very blessed, so, mm. yeah, so that's why we went up, yeah. And there were other couples there, young couples who are preparing for marriage and that as well. What were they interested in? I know they spoke to you. What were they uh, inquiring of yourself and Bridget about? Well, I mean, people have asked you how do you sustain it, I suppose, is the big thing, you know. And I mean, we, we don't have a secret on that. Like, I mean, we do believe you have to be open and honest with one another and you have to be able to communicate, not just talking, but listening as well. I think that's important and making time for one another. Mm. They're, they're the big things and then I suppose if, if things arise or differences arise that you're able to sort them out you know and um, chat through things and you know 
Yes. Um, and, and being, you know, you also have to forgive one another when things happen. If you're not happy about certain things and you have an argument or whatever, you know, you have to be able to forgive and then move on, you know, that's mm. the thing. Well, I mean, it's also important. We really believe, obviously, to have faith, but have fun as well in your relationship. You need to have fun, enjoy life, and have a funny sense of humour, you know, a good sense yes. of humour. Yes, I think it's, it's a very, important. <laughs> it is a very important thing. Will you pass me on to Bridget, please, oh, for a second course, yeah. there? Love no to we word or Thank you. No Thanks, Jared. Thanks very much. Hello. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for uh, taking our call this afternoon on the show. Nice to talk to you. I just uh, watched Dennis Nolte as well talk, uh, Bishop Dennis, uh, and, and mentioning those words that Jared has just said there, you know, resolve an argument or a row, don't let it fester, don't store anything up, be open, be honest, and have that sense of humour. Has, has, has he the sense of humour, has he, Bridget? He has very good sense of humour, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> Is that a big thing from your point of view that he has that? Oh yeah, you have to have fun and both of us have to have a sense of humour really yeah. in the relationship because it gets you through the the sad times as well as the good times. Mm. You live in Navan now at this stage. Yeah, when we married we came to live in Navan. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're are you, can I say you're Meath people or do dubs ever become Meath people? No, people <laughs> always be blowing. <laughs> and you have to laugh at that too, you know what I mean? I do indeed. You know, but uh, again, you, you know, being together and, and, and sticking it out, there are many challenges and I'm sure you've had them yourselves. We have indeed and thankfully we've worked through them um, and which is great to be able to have done that and have come out the other side, mm. um, you know, because... All relationships have challenges, whether they're in our families or whatever. So yeah. it's important that we resolve them, whatever issues come up, and uh, come back together again. And especially in marriages, you know, conflict mm. resolution is very important. You know, we're involved in a court and we assist in giving out pre-marriage courses. So, you know, that's what you're trying to encourage your couples to realise, that it's mm. not all hunky-dory and yeah. fun. But there are times that we have to work through the things. And do you believe like that? Uh, that is important, as you say. You are both cancers with a cord. Uh, that you know that preparation is, is that an important aspect of getting ready for marriage? Yeah, I believe it's whether you're getting married in the church, the sacrament of the marriage, or yes. even if people are getting married civilly, that it's good to take the time out. Now we're not counsellors; we're facilitators, which is a little different. But we do have wonderful counsellors in a cord who help people when their mm. relationship is in trouble. Um, and it's a great facility to be there for people to... They're not the only counsellors in the country, but it's part of the counselling system that is there. And it is great if people go and get help if they do have issues in their relationship. Yeah, very important uh, points you make there. And, of course, St. Valentine, a visit to the shrine and do no harm. Yes, and it's a lovely thing to do on a regular basis. Yeah, and light a wee candle. Great stuff. Listen, lovely to talk to both of you today. Happy Valentine's Day. And to you, Jerry. Thank Take you. care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's uh, Bridget and Jared McQuaid. They're 40 years married and going strong. That's a lot on late lunch this St. Valentine's afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive, and we'll be back tomorrow at 1 30. But we leave you in the company of Mr. Tom Grennan, and we finish out on love on this special day. Have a lovely evening. Swimming in the deep end Trying to find my way back to you Cause I need a little bit of love Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.